about a guy who was the picture of success in the modern era. This brilliant mathematician and businessman became a millionaire and when he formed a financial analysis company just a few years after graduating from MIT. He became a, a, a sought-after columnist for popular magazines and newspapers, and he, he even foresaw the stock market crash of 1929 using an economic assessment technique that he, in fact, had developed. When he was just a child, though, he had experienced a tragic swimming accident and and uh, was one of his family members, and it seemed to never, never loose from his, from his mind. And uh, he believed that gravity was to blame. He believed that, that gravity was the, the instigator, and that, that, that it was all because of gravity that he lost, lost that loved one, that family member. He called it a dragon gravity, a dragon that came up and, and seized her. Decades later, this man founded the Gravity Research Foundation as a means of discovering scientific advancements to help mankind conquer, listen to what he said, conquer the deadly force of gravity. All of this effort, all of this energy, all of his mind skills put into this to, to conquer the deadly force of gravity. The man went all out in trying to defeat a force he called our enemy number one. Seems to me that you don't graduate from MIT and enjoy a successful business career by disconnecting yourself from reason and reality. And yet here was this man who was just like the rest of us here today in many ways. Except in his obsession to defeat the one fundamental force that's in our universe and it's a part of our lives every single day. What drove him to such a disregard for reality, at least in this area? What was it that drove him to that, what many would call just simply craziness? It was hurt. It was pain. It was heartache from the loss of loved ones. Instead of accepting that life brings with it the good and the bad, he allowed the thoughts into his mind that drove him to some outlandish pursuit. So our question today is, what about you? Do you have similar thoughts on occasions? Are there things that travel through your mind on occasions? Did a, did a painful divorce cause you to say, I'll never open my heart like that again? Or did a business failure make you think, I, I don't have what it takes to, to be a success? Or, or maybe you feel somewhat satisfied in life, yet, yet you face challenges in your thoughts. You face challenges in, in your moods and in your emotions sometimes. You find yourself focusing on the troubles that are all around you. Do you lack real peace? Are you conflicted in most areas of your life? Do you see trouble seeing the good? Do you have trouble seeing the good things in life and, and only focus on the bad? Uh, only focus on what's wrong or what's wrong that's going on around you? Do you feel despair or depression despite the apparent blessings that are all around you do you go so far as to blame gravity 
you go so far as to blame something that, 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 that is just a part of life, uh, some force for the hurt and the pain that, that is real in your life. Most at times have those negative thoughts. We all we all battle the creeping shadows in the corners of our minds that, 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 that feed our insecurities, that feed our, our worries and, and fears, the thoughts that leave us to irrational anger or, or undefined depression. We all battle with them. The good news is, is that with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can overcome. Somebody give him a hand. God wants to deliver you and give you the tools to consistently overcome these negative invaders in our mind. You're going to have to take an active role in recognizing, recognizing where they are, what they are, rejecting them, replacing them with those negative thoughts you may be facing as well as retraining your mind, renewing your mind to keep them from returning. 2 Corinthians 10. And verse number 5, we read it uh, last week. We'll do so again today. We demolish, uh, demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up uh, against the knowledge of God. And we take captive. Somebody say we take captive. We take uh, captive every thought to make it obedient unto Christ. We've got to take it captive, every thought, and make it obedient unto Christ. One of the most potent ways that we can take every thought captive is to build up our most holy faith and fill our minds with the right things. Fill it with the right things. You don't have to live with the thoughts that are plaguing you right now. You can discover them. You can destroy them and live the best possible life that God has for each and every one of you. Somebody say amen. God wants good things for you. The truth is, is that a person can be born again of the water and of the spirit. You could have already repented of all your sins. Inward change of mind, outward change of direction. You could already have been to water and been baptized in the saving name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins. You could have already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, in other languages as the spirit of God gives you the ability to speak. You could already be on your way to heaven and still have to battle in your mind. Still have a battle that takes place inside of your head if you really want to live the abundant Christian life that Jesus came to give you. You've got to take a stand against the negative thoughts that try to invade your mind it's impossible listen it's impossible to live a positive life with a negative mind it's impossible to live a positive life with a negative mind the battle is at least as old as the bible all the way back in the old testament of the book of judges a story that i i absolutely love going to bring it to your hearing this morning we read about a man named man named Gideon who had to win the battle in his mind on his way to conquering the Midianites. The background on the scripture setting was an unstable time in the nation of Israel. As they socialized, they, 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 they come, 
common ground with the other nations and, and they picked up some of the cultures. It's a dangerous thing, folks, when you begin to, to interacting and kind of co-living and coexisting with uh, the world. Yes, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. The church is not like the world. And here Israel began coexisting and co-mingling and they mingled their cultures and they mingled their beliefs and they, they mingled their habits and their lifestyles and all that went uh, along with that. And their allegiance to God began to deteriorate. They began to deteriorate in their commitments. They began to deteriorate in their, in their worship to God. And began uh, taking on the worship of these other gods uh, of the people that they'd come uh, uh, to live around. And their allegiance to God here had been broken down. And they became, uh, they became passive. And their enemies took advantage of them. Their enemies overpowered them. And for seven years, the Bible says. That, that repeatedly they were invaded by the Midianites who would plunder them, who would steal their harvest and their livestock. It was a terrible time for the nation of Israel. Judges chapter 6 verse 11 we'll pick up from here. If you read the previous 10 verses, you'll read what I just summarized. But in verse 11 says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under an oak in Orpah that belonged to Joash, the, 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 the Abzide, and where, where the son of Gideon was threshing weed in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Now, now where he was doing this, he was kind of hiding out because the enemy, if they saw him, they would come and steal Steal what he had. And verse 12 says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, and he said, The Lord is with you. I want you to turn to your neighbor and just point at him and say, The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. The angel says it to, to Gideon. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior, thou mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you. Verse 13, Gideon says back, Pardon me, my Lord. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? If the Lord is with us, why all this trouble? If the Lord is with us, why, why, why do I feel so bad? If the Lord is with us, why are all these things happening to me, where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when, when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us, this is Gideon's words, and given us into the hand of Midian. Verse 14 says, and the Lord turned to him and said, go in thy strength. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Verse 15, again, pardon me. <laughs> he's, he's real polite there. Pardon me, my, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? How can I save Israel? My clan, I like that word there. <laughs> My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. Verse 16, the Lord said, I'll be with you. Turn to your neighbor and said, the Lord will be with you. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you'll strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. Verse 12, the angel calls Gideon mighty warrior, mighty man of valor. 
and to an oppressed slave farmer who is obviously discouraged about his life, obviously doesn't have a high self-image, and God sees him differently than his current condition and sees him different than he sees himself. Get that. God saw Gideon different than his current situation, and God saw Gideon different than Gideon saw himself. Verse 13, Gideon answered the angel and said, If the Lord is with us, why? Why in the world is all of this happening to us? And why hasn't God done something? Seven years of, of oppression from the Midianites. Seven years battling the same thing, battling the same enemy. It, it, does that sound familiar to anybody? Seven years, you just keep struggling with the same situation and the same battle in your life, just constantly and never getting over it. If the Lord is with me, why has all this happen why the sickness in my body why why family members left and, and split why have I suffered lost a job been treated unfairly whatever it might be why why this why why and Gideon was dealing with these negative experiences in his life that had clearly clearly gotten into his head Clearly it, it got inside his head. Remember this, just because bad things happen to you or, or troubles show up in your life, uh, you don't have to let it get inside of your head and you don't have to let it get inside uh, of your heart. Even in the worst of times in your life, uh, you don't have to get discouraged. You don't have to accept defeat. Uh, you don't have to let what you don't understand uh, intimidate you and drive you into a place where you question your yourself and then you begin to question even God's ability to do anything you can learn to remain confident and, and to hold on to your faith even when you don't understand even when you can't figure it out you don't have to sulk in despair you can learn to fight back against these negative thoughts of the mind those thoughts that want to creep in there and destroy your faith in God and destroy your happiness and destroy your peace God will equip you to win the battle of your mind. Some folks allow things to get in their mind and, and, and they allow their thoughts to kind of kind of control their attitude and control their mindset. I've seen people that get mad at people and the other people don't, the other person don't even understand that they were mad, didn't even know that, 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 that they were mad or, or thought something or was concerned about something and, and somehow it impacted their life so much that they were bitter and that they were mad and they were hurt and, and, and it was just their out outlook on life why because of these thoughts in their minds negative invaders will come to steal your joy they'll come to disrupt your relationships they'll come to take away your commitment in life they'll come to oppress you to hold you back to discourage you these invaders of the mind turn us into people like we've met at church like we've met on the job maybe even members of our own family the worrier the the critical the fault finder the pessimistic the angry all the time it's all from these invaders of the mind. When any negative thought is allowed to stay in your mind, it'll set up camp. 
It'll stay there. It'll camp out. It'll take up residence. Those thoughts will begin to make you believe things that simply are not true. That he said or she said when they didn't really say that. And now you're living a thought pattern. You're living your emotions. You're living your your life with these negative, with these lies that are inside. You begin to question things. Be confused about just about everything. It makes you a pretty negative person and will have a negative influence on your life experience. You can't have a positive life with a negative mind. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind, even if you're a Christian, a Christ follower, a believer. If you want your life experiences to be positive, abundant, filled with joy, overflowing with peace, if you want to live a successful Christian life, have a great marriage, relationships, have great relationships, overcoming adversity on every corner, you have to repeatedly, consistently drive out the negative invaders inside your mind. Verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said to Gideon, go in your strength. Go in the strength that you have and save Israel from the Midianites. Some of you will be tempted to do nothing about the presence of, of these negative and even evil thoughts that come into your mind and into your life because you don't think you can because you've always been negative. You'll always be negative and your parents were negative or your guardians were negative or whoever you grew up with were always uh, always negative and pushing down and that's just all you are and that's all you'll ever be but here the angel tells Gideon Go in the strength that you have. Save yourself and your family. You've been given strength for this journey, for this crisis, for this dilemma, for this question, for this battle. God is telling Gideon, you're stronger than you think you are. You've got strength enough for this. Listen to this, and I love this. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse number 25. Uh, 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 it says, thy, thy shoes shall be iron and brass. Uh, thy shoes shall be iron and brass. As thy days, so shall thy strength be. As thy days are, so shall thy strength be. If you're reading through the one year Bible or whatever and you just do your, your daily thing and you, you zoom right over that and you don't, you don't really gather or, or glean from that. But it says, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. In other words, you've got enough strength for this day. If that don't encourage you, stay with me just a little bit longer and hopefully, hopefully you'll gain something from this. In other words, you've got enough strength. God has given you enough strength for this day for this day this day he's given you the strength to fight your battle to go through this trial you don't have the strength to worry about tomorrow tomorrow has strength for itself don't waste today's strength on thinking about what's happening next week or next month your strength is for this day you don't have enough to to spoil it on tomorrow or, or spoil it with worry or the next day or all the stuff that it may hold but you do have enough strength strength for today your strength is tied to your days so don't allow these negative thoughts in your mind to take you into the future with worry and with fear and with doubt where you don't have strength promised to you yet 
Your strength is promised for your day. Today, you've got the strength to, to battle today. Tomorrow, you'll have the strength for tomorrow. But today, worry about today. Sufficient to the day. You've got it right, right now. Get up each morning knowing that God is going to give you exactly the strength you need for this day. Go in the strength that you have. You've got enough. He's given you enough. He's given you what you need to get through the battles of your day. But what about the fact that we may have a predisposition, that, that we're just uh, uh, wired this way or whatever, that those that are genetically maybe inclined towards uh, certain tendencies. Uh, some people have certain personality genes. Some people are predisposed uh, to depression. Some people's bodies produce less uh, serotonin, which uh, is that happy gene. Some people are just more negative because of maybe how they were raised, the environment environments uh, that they were around and they they were immersed in uh, here's what i have to say uh, to that just because uh, you have a predisposition towards something does not mean that you're helpless uh, against it uh, in your life uh, just because you were brought up that way uh, doesn't mean you have to be that way just because you were in that environment for a long time does not mean that you have to stay that way God's got deliverance for you. Predisposition is not a sentence on your life. It is not a life sentence. Consider it a call to battle and get started now in the strength that you have. Get started now. God's given you the strength that you need for today. God's given you the strength to win every battle, to get through every situation, to get through every circumstance in your life today. He's given it to you. So get started now in the strength that you had. Remember what the scripture says, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. We read at the beginning, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient unto Christ. Scripture is telling us to know the word of God well enough. Hide it in our heart that we may not sin against him. To know it well enough to compare what's in our mind with what is the mind of God. Is what's in my mind matching the mind of God? And if it's not, I got to take every thought captive and make it obedient unto Christ. So if what's in my mind is not the same as the mind of God, I've got to do something. I've got to take that captive get a hold of it. And that is what the angel is trying to help Gideon do in the back and forth conversation that, that he's having there. Gideon, Gideon had arguments. Gideon had, had pre pretensions in his mind. He, he's discouraged. He's, he's defeated. He's, he, he, he's, he's whining and complaining. He's, he's playing the victim card. I'm the victim here. I, I didn't get myself into this situation. I, I'm the victim here. People are, people are overlooking me. People are, are treating me bad. People, people aren't appreciating me as, uh, as who I am or, 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 or what I, I'm capable of. I, I'm the victim here. Why is this happening? 
What am I supposed to do about it? And the angel, the angel says, you're more powerful than you, than you know. You're a mighty warrior. Stand up, Gideon, in the strength that you have and go and save yourself and your people. Somebody give the Lord a hand. Verse 16 says, and the Lord said, I will be with you. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I know right now you're thinking in your mind that you're, that you're lowly. I know you're thinking in your mind that, that your family is the least, your tribe is the least of the tribes, your family is the least in the tribe, and you're the least in your family, Gideon. You got a low self, uh, self-esteem. You got a low self-image. God is saying, you don't have to worry about your self-image. I am with you. I have given you the strength that you need. I'll be with you, Gideon. I'll be with you. And you'll you'll strike down the Midianites together. I'm not going to ask you to do this on your own. I'll be with you, but you'll strike down your enemies. I'll be with you, but you'll have victory over this situation. I'll be with you, but you can overcome what's coming against you. I'll be with you, but you are going to be victorious. The battle for your mind is your battle to win. It's not your battle to lose. It's your battle to win. It's giving you enough strength. You can win this battle. You can overcome the thoughts in your mind. God has done and will continue to do his part to provide for you. He'll continue to do his part to protect you. He'll continue to do his part to strengthen you, to empower you, to open doors for you, answer your prayers. But, but for you, but the battle in your mind is your battle to fight. It's your battle to fight. You take, uh, you recognize it, you recognize that thought. You compare it to the mind of God. What's in your mind? Is it, is it in line with the mind of God? If it's not, you take that captive. You cast it down. You make it obedient unto Christ. There's a responsibility that falls back on, on us, on you, on me. Romans 12 and 2 says, do not conform to the pattern in this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Israelites had conformed to the pattern of the world. They'd taken on the culture. They'd taken on the beliefs. They'd taken on the habits of the world that they were in. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're not stuck with the old habits of thought. You can learn new habits of thinking. And when you do, you'll change your life for the good. Thoughts are like trains. They take you somewhere. Train of thought. You get on a train of thought. It is going to take you somewhere. It has a destination. All kinds of thoughts come at us every day from the patterns of this world. And the minute we step on a negative train of thought and live, our lives end up in the place that that train takes us. It'll it'll take us to the lonely place. It'll take us to a place of self-pity. It'll take us to a place of of anger and resentment. Places that we don't want to be and places is that we don't have to go. Many times we assume that God put us there, that, that God has taken us uh, to those places, and it's his fault and, and something he's got to, to correct. God, you've brought me to the wilderness. Some might say, and the children of Israel wandered around the wilderness for some 40, 40 years, not though because God put them there. 
They were there because of their unbelief. They were there because of their choices uh, that they made. They put themselves there. Not God. Uh, God wanted to bring them into promise, uh, but doubt kept them out. So before you blame God, know that more often than not, God is saying, I didn't put you there. I wanted something better for you. I'm not the reason you ended up lonely. I'm not the reason you ended up angry. I'm not the reason you ended up with resentment. I'm not the reason that you're bitter. You just boarded the wrong train in your thoughts. And those thoughts, just like a train, have taken you to those places. Thoughts of worry, thoughts uh, that create guilt, thoughts that cause you to feel insecure, question yourself, thoughts that bring uh, sadness and sorrow, thoughts that cause suspicion in others' motives, uh, thoughts that bring doubt uh, about God and his words, thoughts that, that are of inaccurate assumptions. Uh, you are today where your thoughts have brought you, and you will be tomorrow where your thoughts will take you. Amen. End result of the story. And I'll kind of rush this along. Gideon's story is an awesome story. I don't have time to, to go into how he fleeced the Lord and, and somehow didn't even believe when the angel showed up and told him all this stuff. He, and, and then God would answer and, and, and he believed it a different way. He said, well, maybe that's just coincidence. And he said, do the opposite. And God did the opposite. It's just a, just a, just a story pretty much of, of how how we doubt sometimes. Is it really God? Was it really God? God, if this is you, do this. And we're not to tempt God, but I do believe that, that sometimes we, you know, we want to know that it's God. And he throws this out there to God, and God does it. And he says, oh, this is just coincidence. Do the opposite. God did the opposite. It'll blow your mind, man. The story's so awesome. So then it got, it got time, and he said, all right. All right, God's speaking. God's going to do this. God's going to do what he said he was going to do. Imagine that, folks. God's going to do what he said he was going to do. Can't we just believe it? Can't we just go ahead and believe it? God's going to do what he said he would do. God's going to take care of you. He said he would. He's going to take care of you. You put him first, he's got you. He's going to do what he said he'd do. Why don't we just go ahead and believe him? Just go ahead and take him at his word and believe him. Instead of wondering, questioning, doubting, just take him at his word. So here, God's going to do it. Okay. Come on, men. 32,000 show up. God said too many. Midianites, we can't, there's so many, we can't even count them. 32,000 is, is a little group compared to them. Ah, it's still too many, God said. Tell everybody's scared, go home. Boom. Narrowed it down to 10,000, 22,000 people said, you know what, I'm really not into this. Go ahead, Gideon, you got it. <laughs> 22,000 went back to the house. 10,000 said, oh, God, what are you doing here? Still too many. Gave him another little thing. Okay, go get the water, lap the water, take it up to your mouth with a cup. Go ahead and stay. If you get down on your hands and knees, didn't pass the test. 9,700, got to go. Gideon's left with 300 men. 300 men to go against the Midianites. And he's thinking, man, I know I had the fleeces. I know that, God, you did it this way and they did it the other way. But, man, am I still hearing it right? Am I still hearing it right? 300 men and we're going to defeat all these, all these number of people, all this enemy? 
that for seven years has messed with us and just ruined our lives. And here I am behind a, 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 a behind a press, hiding just to kind of kind of winnow in the wheat here. Are you sure? Am I sure? What's going on? And God wakes him up in the night. He says, hey, if you're still unsure, Gideon, I want you to go down to the camp. Go down to the enemy's camp. If you're scared to do that, take so-and-so with you. Go down there. I want you to hear something, Gideon. This is so awesome. So Gideon goes down. He sneaks himself down to that camp. He, he, you know, and unbeknownst to him, you know, it's nighttime. People are sleeping and such. And he takes Pura there. And verse 11, Judges chapter 7. Listen to what they're saying. Listen, I want Gideon, I want you to go. I know, I know that you think this way about yourself. I've told you what I've thought. Now I want you to hear what the enemy's saying about you. Not only what I'm saying, but listen to what the enemy's saying. It takes pure down and listen to what they're saying. And afterwards, you'll be encouraged. When you hear what they're saying, this is your enemy. You're going to be encouraged. So he and Pharaoh, his servant, went down the outpost of the camp, and Midianites, the Amalekites, and, and, and all the other eastern people had settled in the valley, thick as locusts. We got 300 men. They're thick as locusts. So many enemies. And their camels could no more be counted in the sand of the seashore. That's how many is against us. Verse 13 says, Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. God is so good. And Gideon's listening, and he, he hears the guy say, I had a dream. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp, and it struck the tin with such a force that it overturned and collapsed. And his friend responded, this is how good God is. Gideon's sitting there listening. And his friend responded, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon. Son of Joash, the Israelite. God, this is the enemy talking in the middle of the night. After one had a dream and he woke up his friend. Gideon's down there just kind of listening. Because God says, hey, go down there. If you're still not believing, go down there and hear what they're saying about you. This is nothing more. This can be nothing more than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. And when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshiped. He returned to the camp of Israel and he called out, get up. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Now, folks, God is going to do what he said he would do. God is going to do what he said he would do. We got all these, these negative invaders in our mind, all these, all these thoughts that bring in doubt and bring in fear and bring in unbelief. Let me just tell you all again, huh? you may think one way, God thinks a different way about you. You may think one way, your enemy thinks a different way about you. God is going to do what he said he would do. Every day you're going to be bombarded with, with things in your mind coming to steal your joy, take away your confidence, mess up your relationships. 
tempt you to doubt God's word. Keep you focused on your flaws. Keep you focused on your shortcomings. Cause you to give your life. Give your life trying to fight against something like gravity. Fight against some type of conspiracy theory to cover up your hurt and pain of the past. Creating chaos and havoc in your life. There's not condemnation today in the fact that negative thoughts are lurking in your life. Everybody has them at times. But you have a choice. Gideon. Gideon. Will you allow them to stay? Gideon. Will you allow the the thoughts that have come in due to your circumstances, due to what you're seeing, affect who you are and God's plan for your life? Or will you, Gideon, today conquer them? Gideon, you can stand up and battle your own peace and well-being starting now in the strength that you currently have. Capturing every thought, those things that come into your mind, cast them down if they're not in line with the mind of God. Cast them down, create them and make them to be obedient unto Christ. Maybe you're here and something in your mind has been holding you back to pray, to commit, to give your life to God you've got to cast that down today cast it down stand to your feet with me right now Gideon you may think one way about your life but God is saying I see you another way and I'm always right and if you can't get it if you if you still don't know it I want you to listen I want you to hear what the enemy is saying because the enemy knows you're powerful. The enemy knows my hand's upon you. Your enemy knows that you will be triumphant. You will be victorious if you can believe. Believe God. He's going to make a way where there seemeth to be no way. God is with you. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you, and he will cause you to triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.